with Jenny Lehman and Tyler McComas. So you're going to tell me that you don't have no black cats, no Roman candles or screaming memes? No. Oh, come on, man. You don't got no lady fingers, buzz buttles, snicker bombs, church burners, finger blasters, gut busters, zippity doodads, crap flappers? No, I don't. You're going to stand there owning a fireworks stand and tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, hoosker doos, hoosker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips of dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? No, because snakes and sparklers are the only ones I like. Uh, the, the go-to list for everyone on 4th of July, right? And I've seen the, I've seen all the sites go up. Are they officially able to start selling the fireworks? Are we good? Are we good to go? Can we start purchasing? Um, I have, I, I don't know. Like what's normally the, the, the start time or the allowed date to begin selling? I guess that I makes know. sense. I've just never thought, I just never thought that there was the, an actual day where they could start. You need a year-round fireworks stands what we need. I know. I honestly don't know the answer to that. Um, I Typically, I'm on top of my game this year for whatever reason. It's taken me a little while to get rolling. I will break out the uh, the big bucks here pretty quickly, though, probably tomorrow. I think your over-under last year on money spent was two grand. Um how are we looking for the over under this year of uh, 2200? I think that that's probably a good I think originally last year I set the number at like 500 bucks and went way over. Yeah, I could have told you that was going to happen. It was easy. So, I'm going to I'm I'm adjusting this year. I think 2200 is a good number. Let's hope I come back to reality a little bit. Last year was an anomaly, a statistical anomaly. Probably not, though, because I think my original trip, I kept it in budget. But once the weekend got rolling, oh, I don't yeah. know, maybe had a couple of beverages here and there, uh, went back with uh, the worst thing that's ever happened is whenever fireworks stands started accepting credit. <laughs> I just, I'm just worried that inflation is going to uh, hit you hard this weekend at the fireworks stand. That's kind of why I'm at the uh, 2200 number. I adjusted for inflation based on yeah. last year's number. Yeah. There's always like a weird, like whenever it's during the week, and maybe someone on the text line can, uh, can give maybe a better view of this, but I feel like the fireworks prices after the weekend drop dramatically. Like, you know how it's on Tuesday. I think like on Monday you can get a really good deal hmm. as they're trying to offload stuff because all of the big parties have already happened. June 20th, firework stands can open. This one says huh. June 15th. So yeah, Julio okay. with this texture in the 918. They're about five days off, but we'll just go somewhere yeah. in the middle. huh? So, yeah. well, by that, they, they should be open. You should be ready to go. But sounds like you might wait until Monday to start uh, loading up even more. I like it. Smart move. I Most like places it. still have some pretty good inventory. I, I played that because you and I will not do a show together until after July 4th. Um, I am on the Teddy Lehman four-day work week this week, and I got to say, man, heck of an idea, especially when it's Monday through Thursday. 
You and I yeah. are off tomorrow, and we're off Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, not back till Thursday. So yeah, that four day work week thing is nice. It's great. It's it's really what you want to. Uh, it's really what you want to do. Um, but yeah, I next Friday, right? That's a long time. Well, you next Friday. I'm back next Thursday. You get like an entire week off. Go figure. Well, I would have been back Thursday and then had the the typical Friday off, but just kind of went ahead and flipped those, make it a little easier on everyone. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be good. We'll be all right. What a generous guy. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, you made things a lot easier around here. Um, who knows what's going to happen during our, what, six days off or so. Hopefully it uh, means a couple of more recruits, but I, I feel like most things are going to be quiet until July 8th when a, uh, when a tight end, Devon Mitchell, decides what he's going to do. OU, Miami, or Alabama. Yeah, what's what's the lean? Now, he's the reclassification, right? He, yeah, supposedly he's going to reclassify to 2024. Yes, correct. And are we – I don't know we're, that we're necessarily leading on that, but we're in the battle. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I think there's a thought that they do lead. It's just – it's Miami, man. Like, Alabama is there, and they've had – some really good tight ends here in the past, you know, 10 years, probably even longer yeah. than that. But it's Miami. It's a kid that's listed as a five-star in 2025. So, you know, old Ruiz is throwing some money at it. Yeah. You know that that's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, man. It's So, it's just like you're... not only do you have to beat other teams in recruiting now, yeah. you've got to beat NIL as well. That's kind of where OU's at. Yeah. And – Unfortunately, we don't have like, – if, if you get a tight end like that, no matter where you are, like people are going to take advantage of it and, and turn that into a big piece of your offense, right? That's, that's going to happen. But we, we just haven't really had that since Mark Andrews, right? Or am I missing someone? Stogner was threatening to, to become that he before he got hurt. He started to have that year, and he got, hurt in that Kansas, he got hurt in the Kansas game. But he even that year, and that may be the second-best example – since yeah. Mark Andrews, well, but that yeah. year wasn't close to what Mark Andrews. No, was doing. it was. But he was building to where, sure, yeah, like maybe yeah. he would have a breakout, perhaps the next year. But but since Mark yeah. Andrews to like that level, man, it's probably been Jermaine Gresham, right? Yeah, yeah. So we don't have that to point at, and I don't know that that necessarily means anything. But you know, relationship is key, and I would say that. Um, like Jackson Arnold, and, uh, because that's really the quarterback relationship that he's going to be looking at, right? Like that's got to be a big part of his recruitment is who's your quarterback going to be, and you check the box there. Now, I don't know. I'm sure those guys have met. Um, Devon, but, well, it's mostly Michael Hawkins for Devon Mitchell. They're pretty close. But, it, it, I mean, it's okay. quarterback in this year's class. Quarterback, so. right. But, yeah, is he still looking at the possibility of Jackson Arnold? To your, yes, probably so. I'm guessing yeah. that he is. I mean, he, he, was a, he was a Texas kid as well, so I'm sure he, that he knows him. Now, I heard you guys talking about this, and Parker said that he's a five-star, but if he reclassifies, he may drop a little bit. Well, I, we're guessing that. Um, 
we're just guessing that if he's a five-star in 2025, if he reclassifies, he's probably going to be a four-star. That's just a guess. How could that possibly be true, though? Well, because, well, first off, we've learned that the star rating system, there's not as much that goes into it as maybe we would like to believe or how seriously we take it, right? Right. Um, How could it be, to just explain it simply, it's probably just as simple as, oh, well, he's with the class that's a year older than him. We'll knock him down one star and make him a four-star. Yeah. It may like, well, just be as simple as that. I, I, I don't know. If that's the explanation, well, then the whole the fiat star system has been ruined. And you can no longer trust it. Not that anyone necessarily does, but... If a guy like if you say a kid is a five star prospect, that means he's special. That means he's one of a few twenty to thirty kids in a class that have that type of potential. If he reclassifies, that should do nothing to what you think of of him as a player. I yeah, I mean, unless you think that there are better twenty twenty four tight ends than him, but I I see their overall point. I'm not going to try. But to even fight if it too that's much. the case. Uh, even if that's the case, I, I don't know. That it just seems weird, and I'm not saying you guys are wrong. I just that's one of those things I can't wrap my heads or uh, head around. Yeah, um, in that discussion, Joe John um, caught a lot of flack today from the text line. Really? Uh, I mean, here's one right now that just rolled in. Let me find it. It says, "I like Joe John, but that tight end is extremely underwhelming. Stogner is meh." Injury prone too. If slash when he gets hurt this year, that room is terrible. What tight end is meh? Uh, Stogner is meh, according to this texter. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, I guess I really don't know how to respond to that. Tight end is thin right now, especially on experience. There's a couple of young athletes that have been promising, but injuries have been a factor. Um, I don't know. I I think Stogner's a good tight end. Is he one of the best in the country? No, I don't think so. But I think he's I think he's at the at the upper end. I mean, there's like five tight ends in the country that are what everyone is thinking of. Brock Bowers. You know what I'm saying? Jatavian Sanders. Uh, Michigan had two pretty good tight ends yeah. last year. I can't it, remember if th- those guys are back or not. One of them was a freshman, right? Didn't they have a young, yeah. I think was, young I think kid too? Right. I mean, there's only a handful of guys. So it's not like everyone in the country has some great pass-catching tight end that's a game-changer and Oklahoma doesn't. That's just flat-out not the case. Stogner is well above average, especially for what we'll see in, in the Big 12. Um, yeah, I I'm mean, I, I would probably it. project him. I think he's got a chance, a, a good chance, to be the second-best tight end in the conference next year. Yeah. Good with yeah, that? So second-best? You got a chance. We'll see. Uh, I, I'm not worried. There's a lot of things that I worry about. Tight end and Joe John Finley as the tight end's coach is not one of them well, by I, a mile. I can give us some things to worry about in, the, in a hurry. Like, if you want I'm some things shocked, to worry about, though, at that, can do at that. that. 
text message. Uh, why? Why are we? Why is there such vitriol aimed at Joe John Finley? Because I mean, I'll, I'll, tell you, year, I'll tell you what. No, you, you want to an answer? I'll okay. tell you why. Okay. Um, Cooper Alexander's going to Iowa State. Yeah. Nate Roberts is going to tight end. Or excuse me, Nate Roberts is a tight end. He's going to Notre Dame. And there's like some recent smoke that maybe Miami has made a move on Devon Mitchell, which OU would really have to pivot at tight end in 2024. What's their backup plan there? How do they how are they set to replace Stogner at tight end? Like those are the reasons why I'm reading those texts today. Yeah. Well, I have no idea on the Cooper Alexander situation. Don't know. Don't know what went on there. They were kind of late to offer him, right? Well, and I think that that was a big part of it. It's, it's just that, yeah. Um, and, and I don't I don't know the reasoning behind that. I don't know the reasoning behind that. Especially, especially is, is, he's a legacy player. His dad was excellent here. Venables has made a, a real push for local talent, Oklahoma talent. It's odd, but I if they if they do miss out on the the Mitchell kid and he goes to Miami or wherever else, then it's not a good look. But if they end up landing that kid, then it's not as big of a deal. Sure, I made that exact right, point it, two hours ago, and that's probably that's probably what it was. Is like. We'd love to be quicker to offer and really sell out here, but we can only take so many tight ends. And if they've known for quite a while that this kid was going to reclassify and maybe they had an edge at getting him, then I can understand the tactics perhaps a little bit. But I don't know. Uh, And I'll also remind everyone of this. Cooper Alexander has committed to Iowa State. He is not signed there, right? There's, there's still a chance that maybe uh, he ends up a sooner, so. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably going to end up at Iowa State, but okay. Um, let me read no, a few I do of these. Too, but you, because you he know. has lost two in-state kids at the position and could lose their uh, lone top target. OU is at their best with a great tight end. Uh, Eric in the OC says maybe OU knows Devon Mitchell is coming, and they told Alexander. And let's see, Joe John sucks, says a texture in the 405, truly and completely. Tight end room has been awful and not looking better. That said, who really that cares so about stupid. tight end? Fix the offensive line room. That's stupid. That's a dumb text message. I usually don't say that, but that's dumb. Last year, your second leading receiver was a tight end. Your leading touchdown receptions came from a tight end. Your best blocker, your best all-around player on the offense, the most consistent player on the offense, was a tight end. The one guy from game one to the final snap of the season that you knew what you were going to get from him on every single play was a tight end. I don't want to hear that crap. That's, That's stupid. Sorry to say it, but that's dumb. Yeah, the only part uh, that I agreed, and I don't even think it was on that text. It was um, 
OU is at their best when they're great at tight end. That that that, that does check out, by the way. Um, <laughs> that does check out. That's the only part I think I agree with. Well, yeah. But you could probably say that about a lot of positions. Yes, OU's offense has been at its best when they're elite at running back. Uh, C2008, C2004 as well. Like, Yeah, you're going to find a lot of great examples of that. Sure, sure. Uh, Being elite at tight end will get you jack squat if you're not elite at pretty much everything else. Right? We've seen a bunch of really good tight ends ourselves on teams that – uh, that we've played against. Um, the kid at Iowa State caught every pass, had every pass interference call against him, uh, you know, was a one-man wrecking crew. Guess what? Iowa State didn't win jack squat. So Charlie Kular, um yes, but ask Georgia and Michigan. I'm not disagreeing, but ask Georgia and Michigan when you're good everywhere else. I mean, that's a hell of a weapon to have at tight end. Well, yeah. You know? but, but that's the exact point is they're good everywhere else. So, if we're good everywhere else, I think that we are more than adequate. We will be more than adequate at tight end. I think it's a dumb fight to pick. It's well, like everyone's picking a, a lot fight. There's fights with, that are it, picks on here every single day. So, welcome I know. to the text world. It's like you didn't land a recruit. Now, all of a sudden, you're a horrible and that, coach. And that suck. one isn't even done yet. He's not announcing till July 8th. So, yeah. I think we're panicking about something that hasn't even happened yet. I think people have started drinking early for the 4th of July weekend. Perhaps. Well, as long as it's Pacifico, that's fine with me. Yeah, I, I, I guess that came out like I thought that that was a negative thing. That wasn't. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Start the, uh, start the weekend early. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Plus, it's Ram season, so we're giving you 13500 It's the rush on the ref. It's also our Under the Radar segments brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising Under the Radar Sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. How about this for our Under the Radar segment? A very Under the Radar tweet, which was uh, probably pretty cool for Kenzie Hansen to get today. The official Johnny Bench on Twitter tweets out, a three-time national champion, two-time All-American, and my selection for the 2023 Johnny Bench Awards top collegiate softball catcher, Kinsey Hansen at OU Softball. So Kinsey Hansen go. gets a tweet from uh, the greatest catcher of all time, Johnny Bench, and the award uh, for top college softball catcher, 2023 Johnny Bench Awards. Not a bad there day. You go. There's been worse Not days. Not bad. Not bad. That's that's impressive. Uh, definitely earned that. And uh, does she have another year? No, she's done. No, she's back, dude. So wow. what I'm saying is, you yeah. know, there was some uh, immediate panic about Jordy leaving. And, I mean, yeah, that's going to be a pretty big – yeah, that's a, that's a void in the circle, though I think they'll be okay. But one reason why I'm not nervous, one reason why I think that they're going to be preseason number one and the pick to win it all, 
Jada Coleman's back. Tiare Jennings back. Mm-hmm. Kenzie Hansen's back. Alyssa Brito's back. Sid Sanders is back. You kind of get the point here. Like They are going to be stacked once again offensively. They'll be able to slug their way out of any potential issue in the circle, even if they have that. And I'm not – I don't think that they necessarily will. So there's been a lot of uh, – there's been a lot of smoke, a lot of scuttlebutt around the uh, softball transfer portal and that there's something, something brewing. Yeah, unless it's the um... – the girl from Indiana or Elena Vodder from Stanford would be my first two guesses. Yeah. Vodder we heard, saw uh, in, in Oklahoma City. Yeah. I heard Plank talking about it a little bit. Interesting. Uh, you want my under-the-radar pick? Uh, yeah, sure. Please. Yeah. Uh, my under-the-radar pick. Do you know who had the longest touchdown reception last year for OU? Hmm. Um, well, no, not off the top of my head. I'm just going to guess that it's Braden Willis because of uh, the tight end slander last segment. Yeah, that's right. Braden Willis had the longest reception for a touchdown last year, 78 yards. Uh, had the most touchdown receptions last year of the whole team with seven. Uh, was second in receptions. Was second in yards. Was the best blocker that we had on the team, and apparently no one noticed. The tight ends at Oklahoma suck, and their coach sucks. So I would say that Braden Willis flew under the radar. Uh, I should have seen that one coming. Actually, I did see that one coming. 78-yard touchdown last year. What, yeah. what game was that in? I, I feel like – Kansas State? Maybe. It was – I feel like it was at home, and he, like, kind of high-stepped out of a, of a tackle – and just made it to the end zone, if I remember right. Pulling it up, scanning, oh, scanning. T- looks like it was TCU last year. It was the uh, 78 yard? Yeah, OU was down okay. uh, 20 to three at the time, and they, uh, yeah, hit him over the middle. Outran the defense. How did he outrun the That's defense, right. man? He got a bad tight ends coach. How did he do that? No, don't know. Well, it's um, good for Kinsey Hansen, though. That's. Sometime, well, I don't think she's – she's been one of the stars on this team for a while because she's had some pretty dramatic moments, man. Yeah, she was hurt last year or not, you know, year before last. Um, so she didn't – like, th- this was her biggest year by far this season. Um, yeah. She was great and we'll – I I would ex- I would only expect uh, even more impressive things going into next year. OU softball going to be just fine. And they will get players in the portal – and I'm sure it's probably going to happen this weekend when we hear, start to hear the first name. They'll, they'll be all right. They'll be okay. Yeah. I don't think I have to convince anyone of that, but just in case that I do, OU softball is okay. They'll be fine. Yeah. They'll be all right. They'll be just fine. And you know what? We'll be just fine at tight end. I got a feeling. Yeah. Uh, that's probably how that one's going to work out with Austin Stogner. What's the deal with the – so who was the kid that came in last year that was – was it Caden Helms? Yes, from Nebraska. Yeah, and he's supposed to be a really good athlete, and he he's was, just been... did he miss the spring? Yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought so, because they had to right. bring in, like, what, Blake Smith, who I think caught a touchdown in the spring game, right, from Texas A&M. Um, so they, they've got some bodies there, but, like, what's your future after Stogner? I think that that's kind of up in the air right now. It might be Helms. It might be Devon Mitchell if they get him. I just, I just don't know who that is right now. Yeah. So I think that, that there's a little bit of panic there as well. But, man, 
and not to not that you ever want to make this a habit, but you can always go get a Band-Aid at that position in the transfer portal. And I'm not saying yeah. that that's the ideal situation, but, you, I mean, that's kind of what they did this year in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that they must feel really good about the the Mitchell kid. Um, if, if they've been kind of slow playing some other guys, like they probably knew about the reclassification, knew that they were in a really good position on him. Tight end is one of those where you've got to be really smart because you don't just take a, a huge number of scholarship tight ends every year. So, I, I mean, it's a calculated move. Maybe it backfires on them and they don't land the Mitchell kid because they're up against – unfortunately, well, with a five-star, you're always going to be up against good places, but you happen to be up against the billionaire NIL fund right now, so yep. um, that's not always the best, but I don't know. We'll see. By the we'll way, see. that's our uh, Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under-the-radar sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU Innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Man, I want this to be legit so bad. I'm hoping that it's not a troll. I'm hoping that it's a real post from a 36-year-old Irish guy um, on Reddit that went viral. And if you haven't heard about this, the subject line is, is there college football here in October? The message, or the post, I should say, reads this. Hi, I'm a 36-year-old Irish guy. I'm taking a road trip in October which will see me coming through Tuscaloosa. Seeing an American football game and finding a tailgate party, not even fully sure what they are, but people say they are great, are top of my agenda, and some people have mentioned this would be a great place for it. Is there a team here? Are there games in October? Is it hard to get tickets? How do I get a tailgate party and drink copious amounts of beer? Well, I know how to do the drinking bit already. It's probably a troll but I want it to be real so bad. And I want this 36-year-old Irish guy to get to go to the LSU-Alabama game, go to the best tailgate ever, and have the most amazing American football experience uh, that he could possibly have in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If it's real, somebody needs to find that guy and – do it like it needs to be a documentary. Oh, seriously? Yes, Netflix. Come on, right? Let's do it. Like some, like just pluck some random person from some country uh, and send them on a like a three or four week long visit some of the best college football places and see what's going on there. Which I happen to know someone where there's a similar story to that. Came to OU. Uh, from India, I believe, and showed up to go to college as a freshman, had no idea about football, had never seen a, a football game at all, not on TV, never seen pictures of it, and I think his freshman year was 1999, and like went, saw that first season, and that was his first season being exposed to football at any level and was instantly hooked as you could imagine 
through the, those next. Couldn't understand why years. OU would stack three wide receivers back to back to back, and none of the <laughs> opponents were were doing that. He didn't understand it. Uh, it was just cool here? listening to him explain, like whenever he because he never watched it on TV, and then just went to the game. I think, and like the opening kickoff was like the most dramatic thing you can imagine someone witnessing that and <laughs> having no idea what they're full speed with the rules the way they were back then oh i bet that was yeah. amazing yeah it's pretty but they, it was pretty cool did, did they like it were they scared oh yeah okay that's good yeah to hear. absolutely totally uh totally talk about a spoiled fan sport. right probably no kidding probably continue to watch it again through 2000 and oh this is great they just like never lose this is awesome right why wouldn't this, i keep watching this Pretty cool, pretty cool. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Plus, research is tomorrow's victory. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. It's what caught Teddy's eye, brought to you by Yala Gosney Law. When you call law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at Yala Gosney Law? Communication is a priority. 405-800-8080. That's 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Um, we've, I mentioned the NFL gambling violations and how some uh, heads continue to roll. Well, this came up today, or at least I saw it today. The Colts cornerback, Isaiah Rogers, who we heard was uh, suspended, supposedly bet $1,000 on a teammate prop bet over under rushing yards nice. for one of the running backs. <laughs> I love that. Um, now, that is – if you were on the fence about – like some of these suspensions and how it goes with guys gambling where it's legal and everything. I think everyone can probably agree that that is a bit too much, right? <laughs> kind of tipping off what the game plan may be. And uh, just, that's not, that's not a good look. Uh, no, it's, it's actually a terrible look. Is it worth a year suspension? Um, well, that's the best example of someone getting suspended for a year that I've heard. Yeah. Um, which on that, I thought this was interesting from uh, Mad Dog Russo. He says that Roger, Dege- uh, Roger Goodell and other team owners gamble on games all the time while they uh, um, suspend players for doing the same thing. Don't know if there's any truth to that, but I thought it was at least interesting. Uh, what do you think about J.J. Watt getting in the booth? You know, I, I've I've listened to him as a guest on some podcast. I think he has a really good sense of humor. Now, is that going to translate to the booth? It doesn't always. I I, I don't hate it actually. I, I'm willing to really give that one a try. I think that one could be good. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I don't I don't necessarily love JJ Watt. I think he can be. But I'm not um, someone either that is just, oh, my gosh, now I can't wait to watch this football game because of who's in the booth. Right. I, I know some people are, are, are more like that. I just, I, I don't know, I, I can watch a game regardless, I guess. Yeah, I like that we're going to be able to get 
a little bit maybe more defensive side because uh, almost everyone in the NFL is from the offensive perspective. Can you even think of a color guy that's on that's a defensive player right now? Off the top of your head? Um, I was about to say Mark Schlereth, but he was an offensive lineman uh, back yeah. in the day. Dude, um, I really – I can't think of one, no. I'm trying to think of some nice. defensive backs maybe, but I can't even think of a DB. Spillman was doing it for a while. I don't know if he still does it, but, yeah, there's very few uh, to say the least. Um, what do you make of this deal, this uh, assault situation going on in Georgia and – Everyone's starting to sniff around a little bit around the program and how there's been a bunch of assault accusation against Georgia players. We all know about the the situation after the national championship celebration, and there's even been some more uh, driving violations since that. They're trouble brewing. It, it really, it actually does feel like it now. Um... I wouldn't say for the first time this off season, but this is just like another thing that's happened in three months' time to where it's, geez, like what's, what's going on there? And what's been interesting is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has seemingly mm-hmm. broke and brought to light most or not all of these stories. Like that newspaper has been very, very hard on Kirby Smart's program this off season, and if they were hiding some things, it kind of makes it look like it was a culture and an atmosphere of, well, as long as you perform on Saturday, you can kind of do whatever you want, which is a pretty right. pretty terrible look, man. Yep, yep. That's, you know, whenever whenever you make it to the top, they're going to find ways to bring you down. It's a big story, right, if you can get any dirt on, on what's going on there at Georgia. And, you know, I don't know anything about the accusations. I really don't know how they were handled um, internally, externally. I don't, I don't know much about it, but – I do know that whenever it starts to become a constant topic and people are discussing it, reputation is a thing, and that matters to recruits. Now, it's part of the pie. It's probably not as big of a part of the pie as maybe it should be, but, you know, it's it's something that other people are going to use against you at a minimum. So that's all I got. So I saw a post last night that said, fall weddings should be forever banned. However... If you're attending a fall wedding on Saturday, October 21st, then do everything necessary to get out of it. And they were really referencing the schedule on October 21st. I mm-hmm. looked at it, man. Listen to these games. That's the weekend that OU plays UCF at home. Uh, yeah. Tennessee is at Alabama. Ooh. Ole Miss is at Auburn, which you might say, eh, but it's at least Hugh Freeze playing drama. his old team, right? Michigan yeah. at Michigan State. Michigan struggled in that game the past, you know, since Harbaugh got there. Penn State at Ohio State is that weekend. Utah at USC is that mm. weekend. Clemson at Miami. Texas at Houston. TCU at Kansas State. Of course, uh, UCF and OU. I was like, dang, that's got to be the yeah. best weekend in college football. Wow. So yeah, that's, I, I'm that's not wild. in the business to ever root for 11 a.m. kickoffs, especially at home, but. If it's at 11 a.m. that week, you could watch some awesome games that day. That is – that's that's what we want, college football, right? You want to be able to uh, to hang out all day, every time slot, have one or two games that you're flipping around to that 
that have something going, and hopefully you, you get something dramatic in at least a couple of them. That's Tra- awesome. Travis Kelsey thinks that between 50 and 80% of players, that's a pretty big margin there, but he thinks 50 and 80% of players in the NFL use cannabis. He also added that many players consistently pass drug tests. Quote, mm-hmm. if you stop in the middle of July, you're fine. And he says a lot of guys stop a week before and they still pass because, uh, you know, some certain things that they're able to do. But, yeah, he says at least probably more than half the league smoke the weed in the NFL. Yeah, he's right. And I've talked about this before. They literally tell you the exact date of when your drugs of abuse test is going to be. Now, there's random performance-enhancing drug tests that happen throughout the year. That can happen at any random time, even during the off-season, whenever you're away from the facility and on vacation. They'll call you, and you have to do it immediately. Um, But the drugs of abuse, they tell you when it is. And if you fail that, it's your own fault. And the NFL has also recently changed the – the threshold that gives a positive test, and I think it's pretty high now. It used to be just very trace, but now uh, the threshold for a positive test is way higher. I, I got a feeling that it's, it's soon going to be totally eliminated, which uh, I think it should be. I was one of the many that woke up to the news that there was a perfect game in Major League Baseball last night. 24th, excuse me, perfect game in MLB history happened last night between the New York Yankees and the Oakland A's. Now, this is one of the rarest feats in all of sports. We hear about no hitters, you know, a lot. I'm going to say a lot, but, you know, it's not – you you, you see it seemingly every Mm -hmm. single season. This is only the 24th perfect game in MLB history. So here's some uh, stats on just how rare it is. There is a 5% chance – of a hockey player scoring a hat trick in a game, okay? 5% chance. Okay. 0.22% chance of a bowler having a perfect game. A 0.13% chance of a no-hitter in Major League Baseball. A 0.06% chance of an NBA player scoring 60 plus points. A 0 or excuse me, a 0.04% chance of a PGA golfer having a hole in one a 0.01% chance of a perfect game in Major League Baseball. So wow. this is more rare than a hole-in-one, an NBA player scoring 60-plus points, obviously a no-hitter, a perfect game in bowling, a hat trick in hockey, basically every single um, individual accomplishment in sports. That's crazy. Did I see that um, he's already been suspended this year for – the, the whole substance is on his hands. Yeah, I I think that that was that that I, I did see a video of that. I don't know if that was fake or not, but there was there's a video out there of that, which is just um, perfect. And because of that, did you see the? I think this is from a year or two ago, where the perfect game was blown on the last out by the terrible umpire. call. Yeah, terrible call by the first base umpire. He blew it. When was that? That is like the most egregious thing I've ever seen that in my was, life. Uh, I think his last name was Galarraga, the pitcher for the Detroit yeah. Tigers. It happened maybe 10 years ago, man, honestly. Oh, was it that long? Yeah, okay. so, somewhere right around there. I do remember all that. I don't remember exactly the year. Last thing I have, and um, 
it's it's a it's a far out there thought, but I read a, an article today on the Athletic. Could the Saudis be college football's next super booster? Basically saying, well, the Saudis are in, you know, golf now in the states, right? They're they're involved in that and have been involved in that. What's the likelihood that the Saudis could be a super booster for a college football program and get involved that way? And there were anonymous quotes from ADs, and they were fascinating, man. There were a lot of ADs in the story that said, well, college football would have said no if they were going to be the first one. But now that someone else has said yes to it, there's a lot of ADs out there that say, I, I, I could see this happening. I could see, I could see a world where this happens. Like, what does that mean, though? Like, uh, talking about, like, taking over the broadcast of college sports? No, or funneling like- money in. To a college football program, I don't know what college football program that would be, but but okay, but what would the benefit of that be to the Saudis? Uh, just to be just to be in college football like they are in uh, at least one American sport, I guess. I didn't really detail that. It was just more of like asking ads if this was possible at all. Some did huh. seem to think that. Here's a quote: "I'd say close to 50 percent of schools and athletic department leaders would navigate their way to a yes." If you asked me before the Live slash PGA Tour came together, I would have said less than 10%, in quotes. Yeah, I don't know what that looks like either, but it's interesting nonetheless. uh, They could if they wanted to. Um, They could do whatever they want. They have an endless supply of money. It never stops. It never will stop. A lot of Saudis saying gig them right now, I'm sure. You can't even count the amount of money they have. It's so high. All right. Uh, quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up hour number two next. Football. You love it. We love it. You live it. We live it. You need it. We got it. Nobody covers college football better. The Rush, right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. At Lander Chevy Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Right now, take up to $82.50 off the new half-ton Silverado or up to $6,500 off and financing as low as 1.9. Opportunities for students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Boyd Street Ventures invests in innovative startups by providing initial investments, strategic guidance, operational support, and help in raising additional capital to launch a company. Boyd Street Ventures can help you through the process of Sooners empowering Sooners and investing in OU innovation. For more info, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. One texter wants to know if OU had its 2024 schedule with this year's team, what we think the uh, the record would be. Kind of hard because we don't know all the games in 2024. I guess we can just go with the SEC schedule. Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn, and Missouri on the road. What would this team do with that road schedule? Two and two? Three and one. Uh, Auburn's not going to be very good. I think they'd win that game. I think they'd beat Ole Miss and Auburn and Missouri. So three and, and one. Okay. Uh, South Carolina, Bama, and Tennessee. I think they'd beat South Carolina at home. Yeah. Bama and Tennessee. Tennessee's defense going to be a little question mark this year, but that'd still be a tough game to win. Hard to say. Um. Yeah, I'd probably go one and two in that stretch. Okay, so we both would have them at Five and three. four and th- – th- oh, oh, the Texas game, obviously, as well. 
when so we uh, have them at four and three, five and three. Okay, five and five three, and three SEC record with this year's team. Well, they should be Is better that, next year. So it did okay. There's there's uh, maybe it's six and two next season. Is that too optimistic? I mean, the only thing that we're saying that they're going to do is beat Missouri, Ole Miss, and Auburn, and then Texas, and then South Carolina. Yeah, yeah you're basically saying that you lose to the three best teams on your schedule. So hopefully that changes by the time we uh, really play it. All right, quick timeout, final hour of the rush coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. Radio Network. GMC continues its commitment.